institutionalized All of our energy would be produced by the degens who we've thrown in giant hamster wheels. Last time on your Pokemon adventure, you were on your way to go suck a cow's teeth and hope it doesn't kill you. I don't know if you would go to heaven after that. Hello, welcome to Last Three Brain Cells. My name's Lucas. I'm here with Jeremiah. Hey, what's up? Cool. And Sammy. Where's my beer? I'm here. Damn it. <laughs> oh, uh, I don't know where it's at. Yeah, I think I should go grab it. It's calling my name. I Well, if you have a second, you can run over there while I explain what we're doing today. What are we well, doing he's gonna today? Bring us down, he's going to bring us down to the last two brain cells. Ah, uh, yeah. I, I don't know if mine's functioning. We might already be down to one. You know, three was a crowd anyways. <laughs> yeah, a bit crowded. So today, just as uh, for a pilot, we're going to... I have a nice list of 69 questions. Oh. The ideal number. Nice. Nice. It was 71, and then I killed two questions to make sure we had the best best number. Oh, I've got a random number generator here, 1 through 69, and so we can just go through some of nice. these questions. I know Jeremiah and Sammy don't really know each other that well. Yeah, no, not not except for the uh, preliminary discussion that we had about this series. This was, shall be a good time indeed, yes. It, it was a good time indeed. So this is a good chance for all of our collective three brain cells to connect and form our little electronic circuit thing in the bob now i do want to know with those two questions how did you uh when you killed them was it like behind the shed was it like in the library with the candlestick like i want some more deets on that okay so i took each of them to the library i thought it was the, to study. the place of joy um, yeah no that's an important distinction was it the library or the study because a lot of people mess that up no, I, I took them to the library. I took them to a nice, quiet study room. I gave them some good mm -hmm. pets, rubbed their heads, and then I put a 9mm in. That's oddly specific. Wait, you- Why are you so- Oh, yeah, that's a- You know that people survive that, right? That sounds pretty and intimate. Pets. I double-tapped. Oh my gosh. Wow. Be pretty it, okay, the biggest problem was cleaning up the state room afterwards, because you know libraries are supposed to be quiet, and it I I can't afford silencers. So hey, just as a point of fact, uh nine millimeter probably wouldn't leave you with a very big mess. Like if you want a big mess, you gotta go with the forty-five. I'll make sure to do that. I'm gonna I'll just take this find an assault rifle. I'm gonna take this opportunity to be like, yeah, this is supposed to be an entertaining podcast, and this got real dark real sudden. So, uh, trigger warning, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, well, I'll try to keep it uh, PG from here on out. Try not to go so dark there. Hey, one of the two questions I took out had pegging in it, so the one now, promise I can make is this is a peg-free podcast. Wow. It, and and yet it still made it on to the show. <laughs> And I was over here saying, I'll keep it PG-13X, and you did that for me, so. <laughs> all right. Glad we all have reached an understanding. Let's go ahead and get this.
it's a random number generator. Number nine. Number Lamest nine. place you've ever been and why. Ooh. You know Lucas College comes to mind. <laughs> that place where we wow. met so long ago. Yeah. A uh, lot lot of uh bugs on TU campus. Okay. Wait, TU. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry, where did you guys go? University of Tulsa. Okay. But like it's boring because of the like lame because of the bugs or lame because it was like college. It's like a small university, so not as much going on, not as big of sports as like a, you know, like for example, KU. Okay, yeah. okay. Pretty easy to have, you know, suffer from existentialist crises and extreme boredom and uh, nihilistic purviews of life. But yeah, it was yeah, still a college experience. While I did get that, the campus is very pretty. So a lot of late night walks, um, considering the universe and the end of everything. Yeah. And when he says the campus is really beautiful, he's talking about the architecture, not the people. Oh, well, I mean, you did say it was like in the middle of the country and that that tends to be a little less. uh, I don't know. It just is. Just is. I used to live out in California and uh, and my friend told me when I moved back, he's like, you're going to notice now. Like, what am I going to notice? He's You're going to notice everybody's got an additional like 70 pounds in the Midwest. I'm like. There's no way. And the day I got back to the Midwest, we went to the Omaha Henry Dorley Zoo and I called him and I'm like, you were right. <laughs> it's just like a weird thing. Okay. What's the lamest place I've ever been? Man. I'm trying to think. It's probably, probably McCook, Nebraska. And if you've got to be like, where's McCook? Like exactly. Like, most people don't even go to Nebraska, and then you've got, like, everything on the eastern side. It's, like, Omaha. There's Lincoln, which is where the University of Nebraska is. And then it gets to, like, more Nebraska things. It's, like, where's Grand Island? When you get to that part of Nebraska in the middle, it's, like, you don't even say where you're from. You say how far away you live from Grand Island. Hmm. And then the last bastion is Kearney. Kearney's where the last, like university is on i-80 and then everything else is just going to colorado so mccook is in the panhandle so it's not in colorado so it's just kind of like interesting to to be fair i don't think even after listening to you talk just now i would be able to name a single place in nebraska omaha okay i can name one yeah yeah give yourself a little credit maybe like i couldn't name three yeah it's couldn't name three. Can anyone say any of the other things I oh, named? Oh, I'm, I'm definitely going to remember. There you go. See, we're at three, so we've uh, we've increased it. Yeah. But yeah, McCook. It, they've got they've got some McCook. good food there, but uh, it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's just a small town, um, couple thousand people. What type of food do they have there? Is well, it they like have a- southern. they just like different stuff by they had a good brewery there it's like where this train station used to be um my aunt and her family lives out that way so when we went to go visit for christmas 
she took us over there and like it was like really good pizza and i've been i've been to some places with some bad pizza so so you go to a train so you can get railed in more ways than one well train station Hello! so um yes yes all right all right do you want to do the next question jeremiah well sure unless sammy's got anything more to add about like did you ever go to a place that was lamer than tu i feel like i've been to individual locations that were more lame but not they're not coming to mind so if i think of something i'll i'll jump back in with an outburst yeah sounds good sounds good (laughs) all right we'll see what question number two is man we're staying near the bottom of the track we got number 15 i just closed that i'm so sorry it's um first three things you would do if you became a dictator of your own small country I love this question. I think the floor is yours, man. Okay. Well, I'm wondering if I should start with the best things or the worst things, you know? Would you be a good dictator or would you be a bad dictator? How would you define that? I think by the nature of being a dictator, you're already in dictator realm. Like, to me, that's a negative. I mean, I'd be a benevolent dictator. Like, a monarchy is either the best form of government or the absolute worst, and it all depends on whether you're a good monarch or a bad monarch. It's like democracy is the safe male zone where we don't function very well, but we also don't have to worry about being beheaded on the street. But a monarchy isn't the same as a dictatorship. What's the difference? It's one person who holds all the power. Yeah, that's a great difference. I think the answer to that is actually uh, that monarchies are like supposed to be like appointed by a higher power. And also, you normally oh. see you normally see some type of parliamentary government aspect to a monarchy, where there's a dictator is basically one guy and the military who enacts all of his bidding. Okay, so my first act as a monarch would be executing all of Parliament so that I can effectively be a dictator. Okay, so we've answered uh, question number 70. What would you do if you were a monarch? Okay. Oh. Cool, man. Two wow, one so stone. much forethought. Uh, that's, that's why I took it to the library and... <laughs> okay, Sammy, so you, you have clearly already thought about this. I have thought about <laughs> this. So as a totally non-crazy person, I think there are three things I would do that would go on some order of absolute craziness. So I think the craziest thing I would do is have some sort of institutionalized child labor. Now, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. It wouldn't necessarily be child labor, but like... Well, hold on. Wait, you're starting off with it wouldn't necessarily be <laughs> because so, okay, here's, they wouldn't necessarily be harmed in the process. So here's the thing: we don't know that it would only be very safe. It would be institutionalized Diapers at every station. So no, no, I, I, the earliest you could go would be like say late elementary school, early middle school, when you're like you know you're ten, nine years old. You can take directions, and for the most part, you're in charge of your faculties, right? Barring people who, for one reason or another, um, really could not do this type of work. It'd just be simple and safe, like, assembly line jobs. Like, hey, you just teach the kids, hey, put these two Legos together and then put them back on the line, right? Some stuff like that. 
maybe some product testing stuff. It's like, hey, kids, today we're going to try out a new toy, right? Nothing too crazy, right? Something for maybe an hour, maybe two different shifts, right? There would be a recess area and like food breaks, right? Um, there would be a whole uh, like session where you talk to like a therapist and, you know, people can actually check in and see how the kids are doing, right? Never in like a dangerous uh, scenario where there's like pinch points or like stuff like that, right? I think it would help some of the people in the lower class in terms of childcare and daycare, right? Because now your child is in a safe and supervised place while you're, you know, trying to work as many jobs as you need to make ends meet. I mean, also we could talk about increasing minimum wage to an economically um, sustainable point, right? But that's a whole other situation. And, you know, as you grow up, you learn, you basically, by the time you get to high school, you already have trade skills. You know, you have high schoolers in some places of supervision where it's like, all right, you already have experience watching over children, right? So by the time you go to university level, you already have skills. If you don't want to go to university, you already have trade skills that you can bring to whatever trade, right? All right, you're you're a high schooler, you know, it's your sophomore year. Maybe you're already doing apprenticeships with electricians and plumbers um, and, and stuff in construction. So by the time that you are at the age where you can decide to go to college or not, you have skills, you can already make some sort of living for yourself. And I think it'd be a great way to train the youth, you know, instill good values like hard work, duty, deadlines and stuff, but do it in a very protected, supervised, you know, institutionalized and regulated way that could, you know, build some good citizens. That's, that's what I'm saying. You could call it like, um, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? What's the like, um, we're talking about kid, basically like kid internships. so so let me let me clarify here um your first act as a dictator would be to uh do a slight altering of uh the american educational system sure just just like you know hey you know stem classes well we're just gonna uh we're just gonna take out like music and we're gonna replace it with uh applicable uh trade skills Right. How to be an effective factory worker from the age 10. And that's the thing where it's like, depending on what you want to do, and you know, it it wouldn't have to be absolutely mandatory. If you're a person who, you know, wanted to pursue a field, there would be opportunities for you to pursue that field, right? If you don't, if you're like, hey, I don't feel like doing this, it's like, all right, well, here are a myriad of other fields that you can try. Maybe you intern at like, a uh, like a videography company and you learn how to use cameras and stuff maybe you intern at like a science facility and you learn about beakers and explosions i don't know what science people do i just have my degree in that field but you know whatever <laughs> today we will learn how to build bombs yeah. some of you may not have fingers but worst case scenario if you lose a whoa, finger whoa, whoa. you get extra pudding cups for the next month see this is He's why we safe. have this is why we have regulations so stuff like that doesn't happen um, you know, it's the interesting thing there is I I think you've just described like in a way Germany's education system. I mean, they have experience on you know well, a wide they, spectrum of government. Well, they uh they do that like in middle school age they start to be like, hey, you know what? Here you're gonna go to some trade schools. Hey, you'd be great at this. And they just like prep you for for life, unless you're gonna go into uh, a field of interest. 
in the university level. Now, my question is, because you can make laws and structures, but how are those going to be enforced? What if you have a kid who just wants to, you know, do nothing and has no interest? What, what direction do they go in life and how are they, you know, nudged along in that direction? Well, the cool thing is that they'd still be able to contribute to society even if they don't want to do anything. Because at the end of the day, it's like when you have a system in which everyone's effectively useless, nothing gets done. No longer, (laughs) you know, you don't have any goods or services left to provide because no one's doing anything, right? So if you wanted to be like a complete degen, right? I'm sure that there are certain facets where we could, you know, I don't want to say put those people to work, but utilize their, um, utilize their wantingness to exist simply and borderline (laughs) meaninglessly. (laughs) You know what? Actually, I'm still a dictator here. Okay. (laughs) I think that what, that line of thought has given me what I would do. You know, I've already said dictatorship, not my uh, not my style, not my style of leadership. But if I was a dictator, you know what? The place I ruled would go green. How would we go green? All of our energy would be produced by the degens who we've thrown in giant hamster wheels. Yeah, throw them in a hamster wheel. At least they're doing something. Do they get health care, though? Everyone gets health care. No. Their health care their healthcare is you run in here or you don't get fed. Okay, okay. maybe that. You, like, are you going to give them a little water? Like, I'm a things? dictator. Like, you know, whatever. You know, for the betterment of the rest of society. Like, everyone else would be like, well, what do you do if you're a useless member of society? Like, oh, well, they'll go make you useful by having you run on the hamster wheel. Like, do they get health care? Like, eh, I don't know, but we get free power. They make the Wi-Fi run. I mean, we we need health care for the hamsters because they make the Wi-Fi run. You know, you got to take care of your hamsters. Now, hamsters are cannibalistic. So... <laughs> they keep going all these dark places. No, it's just like, okay, so hamsters, mothers will often eat their kids. In a similar way, can parents send children to the hamster wheel as punishment? Like, you've been grounded a couple of times and you haven't learned your lesson. Time to go provide for our our great dictator, Jeremiah. I mean, a temporary punishment would be absolutely terrible. Temporary. So would the parents designate a certain time period under which... I mean, those kids don't have health care, though, as we've established. So what happens if the kids, you know, trip and fall and break their face or something? Yeah, give them a little health care. Yeah, if you, have a broken, they, if you have a broken face, you still got working legs. Do, we, do we have privatized, uh, you know, health care? Can the hamsters use their parents' health care to even if they are just, you know, a degenerate hamster? Hey, look, man. This is the great part about being a dictator is I don't have to put in all these like rules and laws. I can just be like, eh, today I feel like that kid's fine. You're getting on my nerves. Uh, away with you to the ocean. To take him to the farm by the ocean. All right. So I think my first act as dictator is I would find the most enthusiastic person to address the problem of overpopulation. 
and tell them to go fix it. But what if they develop a conscience that prevents them from making hard decisions? What if they already had a conscience that prevents them from making hard decisions? Well, I would go for someone who is eager, so they probably um, need the power emotionally, or they don't have emotions. And if they fail me, I'm a dictator. I can just, you know, send them to the library and get a new one. I like how we've just reached a point where we solve all of our issues by saying, hey, I'm a dictator. <laughs> see, because I know I don't know enough to solve all these problems. I can see things like, oh, there's a lot of uh, hobos in this park, and I can come up with a solution. Probably not a good solution. Hamster's wheels would be a good solution for that. But it'd be easier if I just find people who know more and lack the consciousness that I might have to solve all the problems for me. I would have my small council, like in Game of Thrones, they would all have their different delegations. And if they make me unhappy, well, I'm, I'm the king. I can just... The library will become a very... It's like you either know what you need to in order to do your job, or you're gone, you know? You send people to the library to learn things. You know, I think Sammy made the best point that now we're just solving our problems. Like, hey, I'm the dictator. I get to do what we what I want. That's, uh, I think we've fallen into the trap of modern dictators. Like, you know, just, I, I can do what I want. Like, whatever. I'd also uh, put, you know most of the money into my military because you gotta have a strong uh, peacekeeping force in order to make sure that your citizens are happy and, you know, obedient. And that your hamster wheels are running. If the hamster wheels stop, then so does the whole society and everything falls apart. And then I don't get to play God anymore. And I don't like that. We've risen up. We've risen up from... I would be a god to monarch king. to god. I would Love king, this for us. I would be the Jesus of that society. Oh my. Um except instead of, you know, promoting good things like peace, I would promote obedience. I would promote fitness though. That's that's what <laughs> hamster wheels do. Obesity would not exist because no one would have enough food <laughs> to become obese except me. So one obese person would exist. I don't think it's physically possible for me to be obese. You know, Lucas, where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> I have such a low, like, hunger drive. I don't know how to describe it. I I don't think... Appetite? Appetite. There we go. Master of words. And yet, every time I see you, you're just grabbing food. Well, that's because that's the first time I've eaten all day. Oh, because it's the first time you've left the house? I, I don't have a house, but, but yes. You left the domicile? Oh, there we go. The domicile. You know, I think that's the other thing, though, where it's like, the bi one of the biggest issues that I feel like we have often in civilized society is that we don't, we want to respect people's rights, but then it's like, how can I respect? Like when when you're in a room of people and everybody wants to do the right thing, and you don't have the ability to overwrite a person who is simply either being non-contributing or actively acting against the greater good, and you don't you're not willing to go against them. It's like, what do you do, right? 
that's one of the tough things about being in a democracy where it's like, hey, we have a lot of great things we want to do. But sometimes there are people who are acting against the more wholesome agenda. And when you lack the ability to find an agreement with the people who are going against everything you want to do for you've you reach a standstill more or less right and you know we can talk about all the moral gray areas of like hey here's a good thing i want to do that might actually be terrible for a different person or a different group of people right but there are certain like as we like to say in the states unalienable rights and you know atrocities that were like oh this doesn't fly no matter what but then it's like you get into the weeds, you know, about like stuff like that. And in situations like that, assuming that the person is benevolent, a dictator would be pretty nice. Just be like, hey, sit the f*** down. We're doing this. Hey, this this didn't work. Let's try something else. Right. Um, Isn't there like a book called The Prince? Uh, I can't remember the name of the guy who wrote it. Oh, Machiavelli. 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 Okay. Yeah. Doesn't he just like talk about um different forms of government in that? And I Yes, I'm, but the prince also like people take it as like a treatise on like, yes, this is how I should run things, and it's like a satire. Yeah. Like low-key. <laughs> Alright, well, collectively we have three three good uh first orders. Um, child labor, happy about that. Hamster wheels, not uh, exclusive with the first one. And, you know, establishing a small council to handle a lot of problems. I, just, I feel like the small council thing is like, it's just delegation. It's not necessarily dictatorship. That's what you do as a ruler. You delegate your duties onto other people. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm... Under pain of death. The... <laughs> Okay, the pain of death thing makes it a little more clear. It's like, I just need to figure out, like, okay, this person handles a lot of the finances, this person handles child labor, this person handles health care, if it exists, and, you know, so on. It exists! This person handles the dishes. Hey! I'll let you do that. No, no. I love doing the dishes, so I'll accept I'll accept. Under I, pain of death. I would need to find someone to act as Hand of the King, um, but it need to be someone that I trusted, but also would be willing to kill at any time. You know, I'm not going to lie. When I hear Hand of the King, I just I think of a guy where you're just like, I'm the dictator. Um, I don't wipe myself anymore, so that's what the <laughs> Hand of the King does. They can serve multiple functions. Right, but they also need a will to kill, so it's like, hey, Hand of the King, because okay. he's with you at any time. They get so uh, degraded uh, and embarrassed from having to wipe my uh, posterior. No, 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 why and would then they? That gets the rage inside for them to be able to do the despicable things that they need to. Maybe in your dictatorship, in mine, that's an honor. They get to wipe the 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 posterior, what'd you call it, posterior? The derriere of the uh, the sole dictator. The glutamus maximus. Well, strictly speaking, the glutamus maximus is like your butt cheeks, so... Mm -hmm. The royal, (laughs) if you will. 
I don't want him wiping that they part. Get although, to wipe the although if he took like if he took like a if that person took the hand of the king, took like a nice like warm towel, you know, like the one that they put on your face when you're getting your hair cut, mm. it'd be great. Now you're just making me think like, like a masseuse. You also have to have like the hand of the queen, and their job is to just like pat the queen's ass and make sure it's just supple and just. Hiring the right person for that job would just be hilarious. I feel it's like a once in a generation thing. Would just handle the time of the month stuff. I feel like that would be no, I, a full time job. I feel like I feel like uh, see now. I feel, I feel like we're getting into the the weeds on the king and queen discussion. Like man, you know and why does it have of, to be a queen? I think the hand of the queen should check both monarchs. Uh, suppleness of their bootays. Now you're just trying to overwork your populace. You never yes. last well, as a dictator. Again, come back to the, well, I'm a dictator. Like, you know, what are they going to do? Kill me? I, I they do, might. I do they think, might. like Game of Thrones, all of my small council would need, like, pens. Particularly the hand of the king. It'd be like that hand, but there would be, like, toilet paper. <laughs> like sitting at the fingertips. Yeah. Would, just, would that make the foot of the king like your personal like messenger, or would they just be the person who like does cardio for you? I think the foot of the king is definitely the messenger. Like, hey hand, what's up? Like, shut up. No, the foot of the king for me would be the person who takes people to the library. <laughs> <laughs> the foot of the king takes you there. The hand of the king does the job. Well, the hand of the king, uh, the toilet paper would have like a tear in it because every once in a while he has to get his hands dirty. No. <laughs> that would be that would be the guy who leads the revolution against you. I agree. That's, That's why he would have to be someone I trust, but also would be willing to kill. That, what if they're willing to kill you? That's that, okay. We've just, this I, person could make the hard decisions. Well... I just need to be able to make the hard decision of at what point do I need a new hand of the king. You know, I think through this whole discussion, I finally understand Jamie Lannister, so. I mean, spoiler, he does. Spoiler for a TV show and book series that has been out for like I have 10 not, years. I've never finished that show. I, Are I you don't serious? know if I will. What is wrong with no, you? No, I'm still like... Halfway through season seven, you're I'm a not monster. Gonna lie. I, I only got through season three, and then I was like, eh, "I'm good." And people like, "You want to come over and watch the Game of Thrones party?" I'm like, "Yeah, you know, I, I'm good. I'm good." You're you all got monsters. Finished through season four, the end of season four is my favorite part about Game of the Thrones, uh, at least so far through like halfway through season. Seven. Yeah, but now there's enough of it that I'm like, ah, there's all that. It's like. When uh, I didn't watch Lost when it came out or uh, Breaking Bad, people were like, hey, this show is amazing. You got to go watch it. Go, eh, there's like seven seasons. It's like a hundred hours of entertainment. Like, ah, that's a big commitment for me. That's another show I should start sometime. Lost. Yeah. What's, Sammy, what's, what's a show you've always wanted to start that uh, that you've just like had a reservation like that on? I would say Breaking Bad and The Walking Dead. I think a couple months, if not a few years ago, I saw that I like got 15 minutes into the first episode of The Walking Dead, and I'm just like, eh, not today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, wow, I got like 30 more minutes. Like, I gotta, I gotta go to work. I gotta go, I gotta go clean the dishes. Yeah, I gotta go do like the rest of my life. 
Right, right. I understand that. I got bored of The Walking Dead after, like, two seasons. It just felt like the same thing over and over again. I do want to give it another try eventually. Yeah, I I don't know. I think I watched the first episode, like, when it came out on AMC, and I was like, er, So how many decades ago was that? I don't know. That was like uh, early 2000s, right? Or mid-2000s? It's like 2006, 2007. I don't know. We probably look it up. But yeah, that was... I remember when that was. But yeah, I watched it. Because I watched uh, the first episode of Breaking Bad as well. And I think we stopped like... It was back in the day where you still paid for cable. I mean, I think people still do. Oh, was, really? 2010? Yeah. It's okay. not as old as you thought. Well, I mean, it's still 12 years old. I mean, if it was a child, it wouldn't be able to vote, so... <laughs> By the definition of it being a child, I think that's... <laughs> uh... It would be young enough, it'd still be cute, and that would almost make up for how annoying they are. One more time for the people in the back. Dang. You know, actually, thinking about shows you never finished, I am a huge Avatar The Last Airbender fan. Whoa. Um, I finished Avatar Last Airbender, but I watched, like, The Legend of Korra as it came out. I even own, like, the every season box set. I still have never watched the fourth season. I've never, like, completed the series. of like, after season three, like, I'm good. Not sure I'm how good. much you're missing out on there, bud. See, and that's the, that's what I've heard. Like, I've heard that repeatedly. So, like, when, uh, when me and my girlfriend were watching the series, because she had never watched both series all the way through, so we sat down and watched them both, um, I was like, we gotta get at least through the end of season three. She's like, are we gonna watch four? And I'm like, well, let's see when we get there. And once we got through the end of season three, she's like, yeah, you know what? I think I'm good. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I'm good too. <laughs> I have very strong feelings about the second season of Legend of Korra. Well, yeah, uh, I mean... It's not good, in my opinion. I mean, you got anything to tack it on there, could. Sammy? It would. It, I'd be hard pressed. Um, I think for what it was, it was still entertaining. Did I absolutely need to see it? A few scenes were absolutely worth it. Um, the the ending was very controversial, and I'm on the side of that. It wasn't as great as it could have been. Um, I think it's still worth the watch, at least to finish it out. Um, but eh, if you have better things to do, I can't tell you to sit down and do it. Right. When was the last time you guys like watched it through? Like, Oh, it's been years. Year. I never finished the fourth season either. I so watched it when I... it came out. I finished it when it around like within a couple months of it being done done. So like I was around yeah. for the whole Twitter outrage and all that. <laughs> See, and I even missed that because I missed the whole second season and then watched it like when the third season was coming out. But we at the start of COVID, when we were like locked up, that's when we watched the series. So like it's still pretty fresh in my mind. And I remember just being like, oh, like, you can definitely tell this series was renewed a season at a time instead of being like, here, you're going to do all this. Because, like, that first season 
while it's rushed, it it feels like if they had just like teased that out to like a two season runtime, it would have been like really great because some of the moments that they don't like let you have time to breathe for mm-hmm. or like some of the things that should hit like Asami's spoilers, Asami's dad being the bad guy. Like if you had a whole season to like gain his trust and then second season, like, bam, he's actually bad. Like that'll gut punch you. Yeah. But just, yeah. It has all these great moments, just not enough time to like build into them. So I think if that first season was two seasons instead, it would have been just right there. That story, that core story is actually like pretty good. Yeah, I like the first season of Legend of Korra the best of the seasons. I think it should have ended there. The only reason I would want it to continue into the second season is because Varric is my favorite character, but he 100% should have been the villain. Do the thing! Yeah, he should have been the main villain, and the fact that half of the season was spent teasing him as a villain and building him up to be the villain, and then there was no payoff on that, is the, I think, the biggest thing that makes the second season such a disaster. There's a lot of other things, like the the, you know, I don't remember which pole he is, the spiritual guy who's trying to open the portal being, you know, incredibly boring. Uh, <laughs> but Varric was, they had a chance to hit a home run with that character, but he needed to be the villain. He needed to be um, a really important part of how the season finished, and they just, you know, couldn't commit to that. Or didn't want to. He's like Scrooge McDuck. Like, Scrooge McDuck, to me, should always have been, like, revealed as a bad guy, but instead he's just kind of goofy. Yeah, uh, that also makes me think of Darth uh, Jar Jar, which is the only other instance that I can think of with a bigger missed opportunity. Well, you know, at least they made up for it. Uh, Season 3, Zaheer, is, like, the only reason to watch Season 3. Oh, Zaheer was an amazing villain. Hell yeah. Right. You know what makes it really painful going back and watching it is all of the villains are so well-defined. They show up. A lot of their sequences are done like wordlessly and they have all this great character development for the villains of that um, season. And then when every time they cut back to like the gang, it's just like painful writing and like the same things that they overcame the last season. You're like, oh my God, we just, we just cut back to the villains again. So it's like this unfortunate juxtaposition of like cringe and then like, wow, this is dope. Mm. I, I agree with that. I, I feel like a lot of the screen time for Legend of Korra wasn't really spent most effectively. Yeah. Or spent on story arcs and ideas that were just kind of meh. Well, I mean, again, like, the first series, like, they, they got the three seasons locked in. Like, you know, that's part of, like, showbiz, right? Yeah, they, yeah. They were, able to, they were able to plan out, like, this arc that's complete. Even if it didn't go quite the way they probably thought when they started season one, they, like, come into their own. They, they still have all the beats, and then they're just filling in the rest as the story evolves, when you're renewing season to season, you don't have time. You're like, hey, I got to tell this story. What's the story? Yeah. And like, sometimes pressure can be a good thing. Sometimes it can be a bad thing. And, you know, to to those people's credit, I'm not just saying like the writers and everybody who worked on it, like, 
like, oh, man, you guys suck. It's just, you know, they they have their own circumstances that led to what was created. Isn't, uh, isn't the Dragon Prince by the same people who did Avatar The Last Airbender? That is uh, true. Yeah, it's by the same creators. So, like, the same showrunners, the guys who, like, came up with it. I only watched, like, two episodes of it, so I actually don't know what it's like. Have you guys watched it? Yeah. It's good, but it's obviously for a younger audience. Okay, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah, The ideas uh, about the world and the world building are really good. It's just the writing and dialogue is horrible. Well, I mean... Some, some of like the monologues and things, it's... You can't even explain it away as, oh, it's meant to be a kid show. Because after our last Airbender was also meant to be a kid show. If you look at those initial, like, first season, it's very much more of a kid show than the rest of it. But it still had good writing. I versus think... the Dragon Prince has just terrible writing. And what makes the writing bad is that it's just very, it's very much like corny, overused, classic jokes, like the punchlines that you've seen in every kid show over the last 20 years, that's what made it bad. And like, you know, the exposition and monologues are, you know, just so simple, even though the characters are more complex than what they're saying, the, the, the dialogue very much dumps everything down. And that's where I feel like, Oh, that's where you really feel like this is a kid show avatar. Yeah. It was a kid, sh- relatively a kid show, but they're more, but because of a higher level of complexity in the writing and dialogue, it made it, you know, enjoyable for all ages. You know, I knew I had a family friend who, you know, the kids watched the show, but then the parents got into it because of, you know, the complexity of what was discussed and the complexity in the writing. But you could, you could, I would say you could dumb all the unfavorable writing and dialogue in Dragon Prince down to just saying it's for a younger audience and they're not trying to make it any more complicated than it already is. Yeah. I mean, but again, like I think that it's, it's worth pointing out, you know, like when you're working on a show or you're working in uh, that industry, like, you know, you have a deadline. So sometimes your deadline, like things turn out really great. And uh, sometimes, you know, you come out with something like average. It's actually, I feel like it's worth noting, um, back going back to Korra really briefly aside from just the writing the show is cut in a way that every time they cut to commercial it's like classic saturday morning cartoon yeah like a quick half second like fade out and i don't know if dragon prince does the same thing but it like definitely influences tone i i would agree with that yeah you know it makes me think there's a weird thing so i don't have either of you ever watched uh casablanca no You've heard of the movie, though. Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. So it's it's regarded as like a modern classic. And people are like, look at how great this movie is. And it plays out like different from the movies of the time. It's faster. There's a whole bunch of interesting stuff. But the thing that I think is really interesting about the movie is the movie was supposed to be like not like an A-lister or not like a blockbuster. It was supposed to be just a quick thing they shot. And they put it together like really hastily, did it really quickly. And they weren't like, hey, we've made the best piece of media ever or one that's going to be regarded like greatly for a hundred years. They just made the movie and they're like, well, it's out. And then just like all of the right 
things fell into place. Like the, the editor who worked on it, the lighting director, like, and all the individual pieces ended up just gelling. Right. And mm. I think sometimes you just get that with a piece of media. Like sometimes we're like working towards greatness. Not that nobody's not trying to work towards greatness, but like sometimes you just have all of these like odd factors that just play in and you get like a really great piece of uh of media. Kind of like um, you know, shifting gears a little bit, like anime's got the whole sub versus dub thing, but mm. uh the classic cowboy bebop, like Typically, the English uh, English dub is like considered better, and it's just because of like the actors who gave really great performances. And then there's a weird case that the uh, director for the English dub was like working on Xena Warrior Princess. She like fell off a horse, broke her leg, and like while she was laid up with her broken leg, like that's the project she worked on. So it's like she didn't have anything else to do. She, you know, couldn't get around. So she could just like pour into her work as something she could like go out on. So, you know, there's like a whole bunch of like weird factors that in these stories behind the story, you know? Yeah, definitely. Speaking of sub versus dub, I think it's very, I usually prefer uh, subtitles uh, just because I like listening to it in the way that is originally intended to be uh, viewed. But it really depends because there's a lot of really terrible dubs and there's a and there's some shows with really great dubs. Hmm. Shall we move on to another question? We kind of went on the show tune rants. Sure. Hey, you know, that's that's the idea of these questions though. Sometimes they inspire the uh the show tune rant. Indeed. I I didn't even get into Darth Jar Jar. That's that's one of the things that never happened that I'm really upset about. You know yeah, what? we can I've, skip over that. I've, I've <laughs> George Lucas hey. has no balls. So, and that's why he didn't commit to Darth Jar Jar. You know what? I think that that's a great uh, topic for, for another us to day. return to another day. Yeah, yeah. All right. I've got a little like running notepad. And Sammy uh, can't see it. I'll have to send him a picture later, but I've got this really pretty, like your grandmother would write her addresses in like notebook here. Mm-hmm. Cause it's the only not filled notebook that wasn't dedicated that I had in the house. So uh, <laughs> it's going in the notes of the things to go for later. <laughs> One is going to be an episode called George Lucas has no balls. Yeah. I, let's see. I think you're gonna have he, to... he does not have balls again. And I'll get into that another day. <laughs> It's one. It's like how I hate Tom Bombadil and uh, Twilight, but those those are stories for another day. Yeah, uh, you know, funny funny thing about that is because I'm not going to go into it. But when we were doing our preliminary, we ended up like having a question about Tom Bombadil and uh, Sammy. I think you were the one who was like, "Who's that?" And Lucas and I just ranted for like 25 minutes. That is completely accurate. <laughs> So anyway, the next question, question 25, who was your favorite starter in Pokemon? Oh boy, let me tell you, let me, let me, t- now let me tell you something, <laughs> let me tell you something right now. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody gonna convince me that you could get any better than my brother Totodile. Totodile, bro. Alligator on all fours, punch you in the face. 
Let's go. <laughs> See, I've I've almost never played Pokemon. The only Pokemon I've played is the Pokemon Go to the polls. Uh, You've been shortchanged only... of a lifetime, my friend. So I don't even know uh, Pokemon names. I don't think Pikachu's one of the star Pokemon. Nope. Because uh, he's one of the only ones I know. I think Pikachu gets in on a technicality with Pokemon Yellow. Very, very strict technicality. I guess... Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things where you'd also have to like region cap this question because it's like, oh, who's the best starter in Gen 1? Gen 1 and Gen 2. Everything, you know gen 5 and before because we don't really care about anything after that like <laughs> it's a loaded yeah. question well i know that uh for me i only played actually it's weird like in the last year i finally played pokemon emerald like i played red and uh blue and i was red my brother was blue like pokemon ended up being the perfect game for us as kids because we actually could play them together but have slightly different games um, I hadn't even gone to Gen 3 until this last year. I will agree Totodile's cool. Um, I'm a Cyndaquil fan from uh, from that game, however. I'm a Firestarter at heart. Hmm. But, uh, you know, I'm... That's I'm, kind of hot. I think for Get me, <laughs> uh, part of, part of the uh, Pokemon debate for Starter... It's like, well, hey, too, are you just talking about the starter strictly or are you talking about its evolution chain? That's a good point. Starter, starter, Totodile, like, that's a pretty good one. Um, Totodile's a good all around like, starter, like, first and final form. Right. I really like Cyndaquil, like, as its cute form, and it's fine as it evolves. It just doesn't get any different, really. I'm a real fan of, uh, emerald though uh torchic like once it turns to blaziken like there's something about like a taekwondo like fire flaming Pokemon chicken that's really cool dog like the chicken cooks itself what more do you need you know what i never thought about that a self-cooking chicken like, you're <laughs> totally right yeah that torchic it's like it's like a one biter the the torchic in terms of eating food is probably like the marshmallow experiment straight out. Like, <laughs> Hey, do you want to eat this one marshmallow, this one torchic, this one bite right now? Or do you want to wait for it to evolve into its uh, second form where it's got those sweet drumsticks? What's Woo. great about this? Woo. Cause I can see Lucas's face is he has no idea what these Pokemon look like. <laughs> so he's just hearing us talk about, yeah, the sweet drumsticks. Like He's like, what are you talking about? All I know is that one of them looks like a chicken that's on fire. Apparently. That, that is torture. That's why I've gathered. I also know from listening to something else that there is a Pokemon with boobs called Castform. It's, it doesn't have... No, it's a cloud, dude. It's a cloud, dude. <laughs> They're def they're cloud boobs. They might not be substantial, but aren't they? Nope, they're not. It's just a cloud. No, it's a really interesting Pokemon. Anyway, in that it uh, it is indeed. It changes like its typing based, based on, on the like, weather. Yeah, and you can change that in a battle. So it's like a prostitute saying whatever you want, babe. 
Uh, uh, no. No, there's like some strict <laughs> rules. It's like somebody who's like, uh, no kissing, um, you know, heavy petting's okay. I don't know. It's like there's some strict rules. Yeah, involved. it's like no kissing on a Wednesday, um, no hand stuff if the sun's out kind of deal. <laughs> if the sun's out. That's a great, uh, great speci- specific rule. So, is it a creature of the night, then? Nope. No, no. It it has, like, a daylight form. Like, it, it actually, like, you know, is all sunny and bright. So it has a in the streets versus in the sheets. You know what? I think that we found a great, uh, a great thing for Lucas to do is to uh, play one of the Pokemon games. And uh, we'll call it the uh, Lucas Report, where you report on what's happened and give us your take on uh, on the game. I, I like it. All right. Because <laughs> I, I legitimately don't know anything about Pokemon. Yeah, I'm gonna... I know you throw balls at creatures and then you make them fight each other to the faint, which I guess is so that you don't have to say we killed these things. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, Sammy, what uh, what Pokemon game do you think that Lucas should start off with? Okay, depending on what's available, I think as much as I want to give him like some of the best games to start with, I think something less amazing would be great so that the best games can, you know, be known and respected as being the best games. So I would say a solid place to start would be um, Ruby, Sapphire, Emerald, and then from there, uh, Diamond, Pro, Platinum. And then from there, maybe we start looking at a probably Gen Five, and then swing back around to Heart Gold, Soul Silver. You know what? I've heard that Heart Gold, Soul Silver is actually a wonderful game. Yeah, I forever have loved just the straight up Gold and Silver, but apparently in the community, like everyone agrees, it's like the worst game. Yeah, it's it's really interesting in that way. Um, like in the community, apparently, Heart Gold and Soul Silver are regarded as two of the best games ever especially as remakes and then when alpha sapphire and omega ruby came out they also like got themselves way up there as one of the best ever slash best remake pokemon games yeah well i mean some of the remakes make sense like uh as well as playing pokemon emerald i played the gen 3 return to gen 1 Mm -hmm. uh, fire red and leaf green yeah and like you know what? Some of the quality of life updates were really great. Amazing. The one quality of life update I hated, but I'm sure some people loved, was when you boot up the game and it gives you a recap of your adventure. Yeah, that was pretty I was annoying. like, I just want to... Pl- that was But, annoying. you know what? That's that's good for some people, though. Like, especially people who... If you haven't picked up the game like in a long time, that's really nice. Well, it felt geared towards, like, a younger audience. Like, in the way that, like hey, you're in an RPG, here's what your objectives are. Like, so remind you every time, like, hey, don't forget, here's your objective list, buddy. Yeah, last time on your Pokemon adventure, you were on your way to go suck a cow's teats and hope it doesn't kill you. Wow, are we really going to talk about Whitney's mill tank? Yeah, we're going to talk about how Whitney had absolutely nothing and all the thicktitude and attractiveness went into the monster she sent out to destroy your team. Wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Lucas, you're just gonna have to I play was, it. We're just gonna have to play the game, really man. On board. I am a little curious now. 
so like don't look it up on the internet you just gotta play it okay yeah um i think i agree i think uh because as somebody who jumped into pokemon emerald i think that uh i didn't know that the gym leaders are a little harder a little more difficult that uh jumping into like omega or jumping into ruby or sapphire would be the way to go for lucas Mm -hmm. okay but this might be the only Pokemon game I play, so I wouldn't hold back on we don't want to give you the best yet, because... Um, well, the thing about... See, the thing about Sapphire and uh, Ruby that make them so good is that they're great. Like, they explain everything to you, but they don't, like, hold your hand too much. Yeah, definitely. They're just, like, an interesting region. Like, it's... After all the Pokemon games I've played, being only Gen 1, 2, and 3, um, it's probably the best starting place. I would have to agree. Alright, I'll have to get started on that. I feel like we should pull up really quick, like, just uh, pictures of all the best starter Pokemon to come back to this question and just have you look at them and just eyeball it and be like, I like that one. Yeah, we have all to right, we have to give right. him the all the first forms first for him to pick, and then we have to give him all the final forms for him to pick. So before, after uh, seeing the second form? Mm-hmm. Yeah, here. So let's answer this while we're pulling this up. Is uh, Sammy, what's your what's your favorite final evolution? Evolution, like favorite Ooh. final. I think in my head, I'm trying to do process of elimination of which ones look absolutely stupid, and then which ones I felt were absolutely useless. Like it's really easy to look at Gen One because you know Charizard's a classic. But um, you know, final form, I'm I'm still rocking hard with Feraligatr. But if, you know, if that's off the table, since I already brought him up, I would have to say, you know, I have a special spot for uh for Blaziken and Sceptile just because of just because of my childhood. But I think off of design, I really like Empoleon. He's he just looks like a royal dick who's a penguin, but he's also got the power to back it up. Okay, yeah, I, uh, I didn't go to that generation, so uh, <laughs> I'm just looking at them now. And out of that generation, I think the, the giant turtle is also the way a to go. pretty dope design. I, I will admit. Granted, personally, I had beef with them in in the beginning, so that's that's the only reason why it's a no for me. But I did I did grow to respect him in the end. There was some there's some character development there. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna show my ignorance here. I didn't know that Greninja was the final evolution of a of, of a starter. Yeah, Greninja yeah. was I honestly feel like he was like the de facto winner of that starter group, just because personally all the other starters in that group felt like trash. I wasn't a huge fan of Greninja in the beginning, but then I played that game and I'm like, alright, I got some respect for Greninja. But yeah, he's like the only starter that didn't feel like, didn't look like garbage in that generation, if you ask me. I feel like the grass <laughs> one started off with some promise, and then it just, someone took a shit and flushed him down the toilet, and he he crawled back out to get shit on again. Well, <laughs> I, you know, his final evolution is spiky, looks cool. I So right now, I've got pulled up the best I could find which was a an image that has each starter to final evolution. So it's got starter, intermediate, 
final for each generation and each typing like for lucas to look at mm-hmm. um now it is like the shiny version of all of them so oh no you know, i hope i hope color isn't like a big thing for you but uh the starters are all of the little ones yep. on the left and they go through each one i i think i've picked out my favorite okay point to these, it the mole things okay so uh i just think the final evolution looks funny uh, so what they don't have, that's hilarious. So he's he's pointed out Cyndaquil, hey. but uh, the image that I have doesn't have the fire coming out of him. So oh. they, they do just look like moles. That so is, that's fair. This guy, Cyndaquil usually has got like flames shooting out of his back. This one's got like a fire mane. So, but yeah, <laughs> they do look like moles. Oh, that's hilarious. See, when you put it like I, that, I might have to take that back. When you put it like that, it kind of he kind of sounds like the type of creature that Mario would just curb stomp on his way to go save Peach. Absolutely, like that—that that is a really accurate description. See, the problem is there. I don't think there's a single one where I like all three. Well, yeah, that's the that's the idea. So you're not trying to pick all three. You're just trying to pick. Hey, this one is the best on the far left and then in the back this one's the best so it's like starter and then final oh the little cute blue penguin is the best uh of the first one i don't think anyone's gonna say bad things about piplup for you because i think that piplup is piplup is actually probably one of the one of the most adorable pokemon ever created i I agree pikachu i agree there and then for the final ones Whatever the weird flower thing is. Point to it. The yellow. This guy? Yeah. Oh, Venusaur. Now, I think that one's uh, something that somebody's going to probably be at before somewhere. I, it's mm-hmm. not me. I like Venusaur. But, like, you know, there's a, Venusaur gets a lot of hate. Is it just because he's better than everyone else? Uh, Quite the opposite. But it still has a following nonetheless. It, it's i don't know it's it's weird i think because out of the other two you in that generation you've got a giant dragon and which isn't dragon type and then also a turtle that's got like artillery cannons in its shell so like the competition yeah really cool so he's the least cool one so i would relate to him on a personal level <laughs> wow <laughs> Well, um, it's not even the segment, be, uh, like, take shots at Lucas, but if you want to start that yourself, feel free. I I identify as a flower Pokemon. Oh my gosh. Hey, uh, Sammy, do you have a, do you have your random number generator 1 to 69 pulled up? I do not have the generator pulled up, but feel free to give that a spin for me. Okay, we'll just give you the number. I think it's your turn to read one out. Man, it won't go over a certain threshold. Uh, We got 11. Okay. Who were you more scared of growing up, your mom or your dad? Uh, For me, it's a bit of a mixed bag because my dad would get, like, angry more often than my mom. But when my mom got really upset about something, it was dramatically worse. So it's like, initially, I would say my dad, just because as far as, you know, punishments or uh, stuff like that goes, 
it was more of him than my mom. But when my mom got really upset about something, when when I really fucked up, uh, I was definitely more scared of my mom. Hmm. What about you, Sammy? Um, for me, it was definitely my mom. It was like when 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 my dad got pissed off. It would, like, yeah, it would suck, and we'd get yelled at, whatever. When my mom got pissed off, like, yo, she meant business. Like, you would feel bad. You would, it was, yeah, it, it, there's a certain sadness attributed to like upsetting my mom as well. Um, you know, they, you know, they, they both discipline us, they both yell us and everything, but it's like with dad, it was kind of like to some degree, it's like, eh, he's, he's got better things to do. Like, it is what it is. I'll just do better next time. Like, I learned my lesson. I feel bad, but at the end of the day, it's okay. But like, you know, pissing off my mom very much felt like, dang, I really messed up. You know, the world's going to end because I upset my mom kind of deal. Huh. Okay. So upsetting your mom made you feel worse as a person. Yeah. <laughs> In a way. Yeah. I don't know about scared. Like, it's it's really hard for me to think about this now because, like, I can pick out some moments, usually of my dad, where, like, he was very, like, he had lost his temper. And it wasn't often. Um I think generally my parents, uh, they really tried to be understanding and be a good guide to us as kids. So I don't know the few times of being like actually afraid of my parents or scared, like they're so few and far between it'd be my dad. But again, um, I don't know. My parents just weren't, weren't like that. And while they're both flawed individuals as we all are, they have their own flaws. Um, they're not totally when I say flawed, I don't mean like they're total screw ups. Um, <laughs> I just mean, you know, we all have our own flaws and I could I could if I wanted to probably pick at them. But like, I think my my parents did a pretty good job with my brother and I and not being like the kind of parent who we were afraid to come to for things or to talk about to things. So, yeah. Yeah, this I like is how a very like personal question. I I like how too. It's it, it's interesting. We go to different questions. Where we talked about the dictator messing around, but then we came to Pokemon, and it was like it gloves are off. Like it's time to go yep. deep dive. But, I mean, that's that's something about our culture that we're all ready to talk about Pokemon. But when it's like, hey, um, you know, was there experience that was rough with your parents? Like, oh, absolutely. But I'm not gonna talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, my parents were very good about uh, solving kind of real world type problems. Like if there was a problem at school or stuff like that, they were very good about that. They were a little less on, uh, weren't exactly the parents that I'm most comfortable talking to about like emotional, personal stuff. Uh, but that's about the biggest I guess, dig. I could do at well, them. Overall, I think they did a, a good job. I think there's an interesting point in that. Like, I think a lot of people, like, just looking at uh, generationally, what, like, my generation, and I, I don't remember last time we established that I'm a little older. Um, <laughs> by about a, I'll, I'll say by about a decade, but I won't tell you all how much. Um, but I've seen, Three like, decades. through the, that, <laughs> three <laughs> decades. Um, Jeremiah's a vampire. He's actually 112. Yeah, me and Keanu Reeves are tight. Uh, I I wish that was true. Man, Keanu's awesome. 
But uh, putting a pin was in that, that a euphemism. Um, you know, people who are like coming into their twenties now, or people who are like in probably in their thirties, like just seeing like that age range. Generally, I, I see people who are like, "Hey, my my parents were good at these things, but like." you know, maybe emotionally, I felt like I could have used some more. And I think it's, it's more of like a societal generational thing than like something that's like personal on them. Like, and I think that a lot of people are aware now and trying to make that shift to be able to talk about that. Yeah. And I mean, I've worked with, I worked with a lot of kids. I spent a good five or six years working, um, working with kids, teaching kids in a coaching role and working in a daycare and like, you know, the way that your kids are to you are not how they are to other people. You know, that old phrase, like it takes a it takes a village to raise a child is like very true, because like I had parents who their kids maybe wouldn't listen to them and they were great parents. But like being a stranger or being in a different role, I could like command a different type of respect. And like for me, it was always like bringing it back to the parents, like being like, hey, like you treat me with this kind of respect, but why aren't you doing that with your parents? Like if, and that's not all kids either. Like this yeah. is over a wide range of hundreds of kids, but you know, so I think it's the parenthood things, just a really complicated thing. Well, you're Definitely. a different person with every, you know, person you interact with socially. You're, you put on a different, I guess, persona when you're talking with your parents or your boss or just hanging out with your friends. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people are. I think it's something that actually is maybe something a lot of people struggle with. There's definitely, like, you drawn to people who are authentic in all, like, forms of their life, you know? Like, people who are consistent, yeah. like, no matter what venue you're in. So I think that's a really interesting just thought. But yeah, that's why... uh my, I, I don't know how everybody else feels about it, even in this room versus anybody listening. But like, that's why whenever I see kids like giving their parents a hard time at a grocery store, like sometimes I'll jump in and be like, yo, why are you giving your mom such a hard time? Like she's like carting you around trying to get you fed and all you're doing is giving her trouble. And it's great to see kids who just like stop and are like a stranger's telling this to me. Like what? Do other people notice? And, uh, you know, you get a varying reaction from parents, but generally I've had positive where they're like, hey, see, look, everybody else sees you're being a little crap right now. <laughs> and like, you know, you know, I think this is the type of behavior that would, you know, very easily be remedied by just the slightest bit of institutionalized labor, because, you know, these are you learn things <laughs> like respect <laughs> in the workplace. <laughs> <laughs> uh you're not wrong you're not wrong i like that bring it full circle <laughs> full circle democracy and if they don't shape up into the hamster wheel into if they the hamster still don't wheel, shape fam. up it's time for them to get some knowledge and go to the library okay maybe not kids hey. kids kids <laughs> kids have a chance in this instance the library is not a kill zone it's pvp is not enabled see sure. i'm thinking of all i'm thinking of is like a kid in school like all right johnny you messed up so while all the other kids go to the computer lab to play computer games you're gonna run the hamster wheel and let them play so how do you like that <laughs> it's just like they get to play balloons tower defense you get to pretend to be a balloon 
And then, like, Gosh. kid just stops running on the hands to reel. I don't want to do this anymore. And then there's just, like, some person in, like, BDSM gear with a whip, just a gimp mask and everything. Like, go! <laughs> Whoa! Man, we're back to the... We're back to... Again, no, it's, intimately it's like dark. Squid Game. You put uh, Oculus Rift or some other, you know, headset thing on, and so they think they're playing as one of the monkeys in Bloom's Tower Defense. What they don't realize is the tract is a real thing, and they're seeing, you know, the bad kids are coming down the track. <laughs> I think that I think that defeats the purpose of punishment. Hey, let me just pretend like your punishment is uh is actually good. The like, nah, let's just let's be straight okay. with it. I want. I want them to be in a room that uh, smells like an old boxing gym, and they're just, like, staring at, like, a wall where, like, the paint is peeling. No, it would—the room would smell like flowers and other pleasant things, because it's a reward for the kids who are good. And the kids who are bad, they'll never forget that. They'll do anything. Are we talking about the room with the hamster wheel or a different room? Like, you know, the room with the guy who's, the hamster uh, wheels who's cosplaying power, as the gimp. Power the virtual headsets to allow the good kids. So it's like three stages. If you're a really good kid, you got all A's and you didn't um, beat up the the cripples. You get to go and play Bloons Tower Defense in real life. If you're a bad kid, but also didn't beat up the cripples you get to go to the hamster wheel if you beat up the cripples or other undesirables of society damn that's not nice you're a balloon now you have an inflated ego like a balloon it's time to let the pressure out damn. okay okay so moral of the story so is don't let lucas second. become a dictator i am <laughs> pretty be much a great dictator well it's to myself it's funny because the I think we've presented some simple solutions and then you're like, hey, I see that, but let me engineer it a little better. And it feels very over-engineered. It's like when you're when you're like looking through a house and like or a fix and like all somebody would need to do is use some like gaff tape or duct tape. And instead you're like, hey, I know what to do. And you see this like crazy contraption made of paper clips and glue and you're like wow that works so we spent a lot of time on this well uh, think about it let's say you're, you're dead hypothetically wow uh, i think were, he's becoming the dictator and you you are it's not happening. a good person you made fun of jill and that's not nice and little jimmy the cripple and so you've gone to the bad place. You're in hell now. I like to imagine that hell is just full of Rube Goldberg machines of suffering. Because with so many centuries down there, I have to imagine the devils just got more and more complicated in how... I mean, for the first like few centuries, yeah, you, you stab him in the dick, and that's their eternal punishment. But after a while, you get bored of stabbing dicks, and so you're like, all right, this marble is going to roll down this path, knock into this block, it's going to swing a crane around with a bowling ball on it, and that's going to hit you in the dick. One uh, more time for the people dis in the back. Uh, disclaimer here, like, Sammy, I'm going to need you to call me in an hour and make sure that I'm still alive. Uh, two, like... I don't think they ever just, like, were stabbing people in the genitals. Like, 
Like, look at all the way back to Greece, um, you know, where you can see, like, the Hades mythos. Like, you already have Sisyphus. You already have, like, you know, people pushing boulders up up a impossible hill that the boulder always rolled down. A guy who's always trying to drink water but never can. Like, you already got these, like, sort of existential, like, long-term punishments that, like, make a lot more sense. Like, they're a lot more, like nagging over the centuries yeah but that was before like the industrial revolution and you know complicated machinery i feel like once that was introduced into the world the devil would be like oh i like that no I i'm agreeing with really you. fancy i'm agreeing with you there my you don't my, like the idea of being stabbed in the dick my argument is i think i think that that's probably was like never really on the table I feel like back in caveman days, that's about all he would be able to think of. What? <laughs> all right, Sammy. This you is were why a bad caveman. Here. What is the? You drew naughty pictures on the wall in I blood mean, or ink. Sammy, or something. how sophisticated do you think the caveman devil is? You know, I don't. I don't think I have the wherewithal to really put myself in these shoes, fam. Like, um, I I feel like even a stab in the dick is you know, in a different realm of torture than rolling a boulder up a hill up and down, you know? <laughs> what punishment do you think would correlate to getting stabbed in the dick for eternity versus, you know, some other less uh, stabby punishment? Let's um, see. Having an, S having an STI and uh, sleeping with someone without telling them. Like, you know beforehand. And you do it anyway. I feel like that would be setting your genitals on fire as the punishment. Well, I mean, there's some kind of like. Like, I feel like the step on. up of being stabbed in the dick is being like seduced by a very attractive person, and then like their genitals are hiding secret blades, and then you get stuck. Oh man, um, oh, oof. that that's that's pretty brutal. I unconsciously I'm crossed my legs uh, when you said that. I'm gonna have major trust issues after this. Welcome to my mind. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's fantastic. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and move this party train along with Ted, right next to you, our last one. What is your favorite dark joke? That one hurts me more than the baby one, I think. If you could marry one fictional character, who would you pick? Oh, so we're on like the opposite end, because now we're to, you know, love and joy and... Marry one who? Fictional character. Mmm. Yo, give me Storm from X-Men. Ooh. Very strong pick. That sex would be electric. Hey, yo. Oh, gosh. Very powerful woman. Mm. I don't know. Drawn to powerful women. What about you, Lucas? But those I fights would make would, sure. Those fights would be, like, insane. No. We, we talk it out. We'd have a good, loving relationship with great communication. And every time we hit the bedroom, you know, we'd fuck up the atmosphere regionally. It's fine. Regionally? <laughs> Um, I don't feel like, 
I don't feel like uh, Storm is like known for her extreme anger all the time. No, she she's a chill person as far as I yeah, she's chill. I just had like a moment where I was like trying to think of what Storm's name is, and it is eluding me. We should always call her Storm. Aurora. Is it Aurora? Her name's yeah. It's so pretty. Yeah, that's I like that as a name. It Good is. Name. It is pretty. Now, would it be like the standard? Oh, Aurora. Yeah. Would it be a uh, like standard X Men Storm, or are we talking like? Uh, would you upgrade to the Amalgam Comics where Storm and Wonder Woman became one person? Ooh. Yeah, I don't think I could handle the super strength. I need to stay in one piece after every session. <laughs> you know? oh. It would be the last thing you did, but it'd be a glorious way to go out. Can you imagine going That to is a beautiful way to die. Can you imagine going to heaven after that, like, hey, how'd you die? Like, I don't well, know if you would go to heaven after that. Well, it's, uh, you know, you're in the afterlife, whatever. You know, you I had my head thrust in between a pair of thighs like a watermelon. After you're married and it's beautiful in the eyes of god like yeah okay well i mean just you know like you know pick your afterlife but you're talking to other people and like how'd you die uh arrow to the knee and then you know you're like well you know who storm is and then yeah there's probably some people you got to explain like who died like 200 years ago like a tornado killed you what <laughs> well uh regionally i yeah. was spinning wow lucas I- you got a top pick I I honestly I don't know. I'm trying to think of what's the the sister of uh I'm just blanking on names right now. Uh Black Widow in the Black Widow movie. Oh Yelena. Yeah. I guys I don't nice. know anything about Yelena. It's tell me who is this person? Uh, it's just the not biological sister, or, but like in the same like training academy that Black Widow was trained in, so essentially like a sister, uh, in the Black Widow movie. Uh, okay, well, explain to me the draw, because like oh, Sammy she's says, funny. Sammy says Storm, and like I don't even have to be like, well, why would you pick Storm? Just like, yeah, man, that tracks. That's like. It's a good pick. But when you say Yelena, I'm like, uh, okay, like, what's... Uh, she's funny. She's got a nice accent. Uh, You're just drawn to the accent. And the personality. I mean, she's also you attractive. You sound so basic but... right now. Yeah, well, okay. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Says the person who chose Storm. Whoa! Just a generic, attractive Storm. superhero. Whoa, whoa. Storm I chose is someone far from generic. With less, you know, less well-known, more of a... Look, man. I don't want to say refined you call Storm... taste, but... How can you say she's generic when, okay, one, she's royalty, okay. Two, then she got married into royalty again okay 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 her powers extend beyond planet earth she can control cosmic winds my dude she can use her powers in other planets my dude and you chose a pleb who can fight good i chose someone for their personality no he said and we can roll it back he he chose her for her accent 
No, okay, the accent was part of it. <laughs> Look, I'm just gonna, Lucas. Yeah, I I know you're defending yourself here, but I don't think a an adequate defense in this case is attacking Sammy's pick of Storm because, uh, <laughs> dude, like, yeah, Storm's got it going on, man. Like, she's just she got it going. <laughs> she's like practically the second in command of uh, of the X Men. You know, you all got right, like fine. You got Charles. You got fine. Scott Summers, and then really, we all listen to Storm. Zatanna. Okay. 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 I I've got to show my ignorance again. Who is Zatanna? She's like a magical um, chick. She is a magic wielder. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, is this that DC character who got the uh, who got the top hat? She dressed yep. as a mag- magician. Yep. Yep. Let's base it. Got to give him that. Yeah, I don't know anything about that character. I only know that she's a playable character in Injustice, and she has cool magic stuff. What, in the first one or the second one? I've only played the first one. Okay. I only played the second one. Teenage Mutant Turtles are in it. That's all I need in my life. Oh. Hey. Yeah, I, I don't really. I You guys attacked my first choice. I was trying to go for something not super mainstream, and... Well, it's it's up to you, Jeremiah. Hey, there's a reason that things get picked mainstream, you know, like... It's like, I would go Supergirl, like the adult version, obviously. Uh, Wait, dude, nobody was thinking of not the adult version. I just... Except for you. I wanted to clarify. Okay, if we're talking versions, give me that Halle Berry version of Storm. All right, that's icing on the cake. Oh, man, that's getting even better, man. He just... Woo! I think I win. Well, fuck me, I <laughs> I'm guess. Kidding. I'm kidding. Well, this is against you. This is just like, man, now he's getting more specific about which storm. Like, it's not a bad storm pick. All right. <laughs> I'm about ready to move on. <laughs> but wait, no, wait. We need to hear Jeremiah. Oh, man. Pick. Man, I'm, I'm going to be lame here because I just like... Somebody's like, what fictional character would you marry? And like my my real first response is like, yeah, they're fictional. I'm not marrying them. I'm going to go find a real human being. Uh, sorry for any of you who got waifus out there. But uh, yeah, man, I. Ugh. OK, I'm going to go for something really, really off kilter. Uh, we're all we've all played video games here. Um, have you guys ever played uh the super giant games games. They've made like four games. They made Hades. They made Pyre. They made um, Transistor. They made Bastion. You guys ever played any of those? Nope. I know Hades, but I don't recognize the other ones. Well, Hades was a huge game. So the game that came out with before Hades was called Pyre. And it is a visual novel about wizard soccer. <laughs> okay. This sounds stupid as hell, but uh, I would Captain Joe Dariel. She she'd be powerful, and you gotta if you gotta do a Google search and see who she is. Like she's like on the team. She's like a, a bastion of strength. She like protects the other team members. Um, yeah, yeah, that's it. She's uh she's been living in basically purgatory for long enough that she's tra- transitioning from human into a demon. But uh, I don't know. It's a visual novel, so you get you get to know the characters a lot, but. That's an interesting choice. She's got giant ram horns. Yeah, because she's turning into a demon. 
hashtag there's my plug for uh for pyre but i feel like that would hurt her neck well like they become bigger like the humans who are turning into a demon from being in the purgatory for long enough also become like physically like bigger like they start to turn into like giants and grow horns but yeah Hmm. captain jodario all right that was a very interesting pick and now anyone who's listening to this is like what is this game wizard soccer like what the heck is wrong with this person it just it just sounds like quidditch but without flying no it's more like basketball like the game you can dunk and you can shoot look it's just it's a really weird thing. How is thing. it like soccer then? Because they like move around the magic orb. They ponder their orb. <laughs> Look, man, it's just <laughs> like I was I was after their second game, I almost didn't even go for their third game because I got it. I got the second game at release and it was a little buggy and it was like not a great experience, even though the game was pretty good, but definitely not a smash hit like their first one. And then uh, I read an interview with the president of of uh super giant games of the the guy who leads everything and they're like it was the era of triple a games that all looked very the same they're like well don't you think you should make games for everyone they said no we make games that appeal to people who buy them we don't make games for everyone i was like that's a strong statement i'm gonna try your game because of that like if you're willing Mm. to be like hey we're confident what we're putting out we don't care if it's not for everyone i'm like man that's so ballsy i'm gonna buy it well, you can't make everyone happy, so I think it's a futile Indeed. attempt to try and do that. Right. And, and, you know, that's, I think a lot of people get into that, uh, like, rut where they're trying to make everyone happy instead of just being like, hey, I'm going to make my vision. And I mean, like, there are other things in that interview got me. Like, they have a dog that you can play in the game who's got a mustache. And apparently in the design, at the design table, everyone was like, like, everyone got heated like super giant games isn't a huge game studio there's like 10 people on their team at that time and they were like yelling back and forth whether this dog should have a mustache or not and the the lead of the game like was just sitting back hearing this he's like hey this should be a choice in the game like it doesn't have any bearing on the gameplay it doesn't have any bearing on like the story but the dog asks you his name's rookie he's like hey do you like my mustache and he lets the players decide whether he's going to have a mustache or not. But the cool thing about that <laughs> choice is if you say, no, I don't like that mustache, that mustache is never coming back. Like, it's never like, oh, should I bring it back? It's like, you've made a choice and there's a finality to it, which is a really cool part of the game. And that's why he's in charge is because he can make those calls. Well, yeah. And he, they, there's a whole bunch of interesting stuff about that game. Like you if you lose in the game, like you don't ever lose, like it just is a complete narrative. And he told a story about his daughter. Cause they're like, they put a reset feature in the game. So if you lost, you could replay it to like make the game come out how you wanted. And at the end of the game, she's playing against the final like boss. And uh, the basic premise is all these characters are trying to, they're competing to get out of purgatory. And so she had planned out her whole, like, story on hey here's who i'm gonna free here's these characters who i like and here's the order i'm gonna free them in and uh she replayed that last match like 30 or 40 times because she wanted her character to go home and finally she tells her dad the the lead of the studio like hey i finally won 
And he's like, oh, who'd you send home? Did you finally send your character? She's like, I sent home the villain. And he was like, why would you do that? You played the game 30 or 40 times. Like you, you kept refreshing to beat him. Why did you do that? And she said, I felt that he had earned it. And by me replaying it, I had cheated him of going home. So I sent him home. I think that's a really powerful thing. Like that, actually that interview and that line right there sold me on buying that game. Because I'm like, if you can create, like unintentionally create such a powerful choice in like a 12-year-old kid to like think about that, like it's worth a shot. So, sorry, I got off on a real tangent. <laughs> no, that's, that's interesting. Really dope. I wonder what the repercussions of sending the villain home would be. It's just, it's, he's not like, you'd have to play the game. I don't want to do a big spoiler, but he's like... He becomes the villain because he was denied, like, his way of going home. And, like, it's it's just the game is narratively really good. Um, Supergiant Games, their games have, like, real narratives that aren't just like, oh, here's the thing. Like, they're, they're like, involved stories. Kind of like Avatar The Last Airbender. Like, if any game studio has consistently produced games that are of really good quality with story music it's been super giant that's why they've like in 12 years 14 years they've produced like four games but they're all like they're all uh quality over quantity yeah well and they say like each game that they make that might be the end of their studio like (laughs) so i don't know living on the edge so i think we've been recording for about an hour and a half you guys want to call it here or man i think it's time yeah first time i think so like clip that audio and let's uh let's see if uh if it came out let's see what we end up with yeah all right and killing it three two one